Welcome to Bear Fruit, where we have kitchen table conversations about relationships, faith, and culture. We're covering all the stuff millennials usually talk about when people leave the room. This week, we have a special episode about cancel culture. We'll be discussing politicians, celebrities, and faith leaders and how society has responded to their indiscretions sexual misconduct and abuse, emotional trauma, accountability, we're talking about it all. Does cancel culture have a limit? Pull up a seat and let's bear fruit. What's up, cousins? Welcome to Bear Fruit. I'm here with Allison. Allison, say hello to the people. Hey, cousins. Hello, cousins. Listen, cousins. Okay, so I'm just go ahead and say it. We did not plan for this episode, but with the recent events happening, we just, we had to call it emergency family meeting. Listen, that's the best way I could describe it. A come to Jesus uh, moment, if you will. Bruh, it's, it's so much happening in pop culture, in society, it's with politicians and celebrities and in the church. We're just going to jump into it. So today we are having a special episode uh, for the culture. This is a special edition, though, because we're going to be talking about cancel culture and specifically talking about how society has responded to recent events and um, what we think about it. So, Allison, let me start off with this. How do you define cancel culture? Um, I define cancel culture as the social media attacking an individual and letting them know that they are truly canceled. They're not buying any more of their stuff. They're not supporting them. Uh, there may be small riots to make sure. <laughs> not small riots. <laughs> to ensure that nothing ever happens. Um, but uh, I think it's just like a, a altogether community vote of we don't support you no more. I think one... Mm-hmm cancellation uh, a good bit of African-American community has come to agreements on is uh, Robert Kelly. Like, yes. we we have decided as a community, we are not playing any more of his music. His songs will not be played at, at any graduations anymore. Um, I think that's the best <laughs> example of uh, cancel culture that I could think of. We're not telling nobody that we we playing his stuff, but I'm we gonna move on because I know y'all still playing. about to say I heard "Step in the Name of Love" and I heard somebody home uh, ignition, but I mean, we're not gonna get into it. R. Kelly got a catalog, and I'm gonna just leave it at that. I have not listened to him in a okay, while. I'm about to say, but I'm just saying. I, look, I'm not trying to get canceled. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm about to say, bear fruit can't when get you, canceled. We just started. When you have that type of contribution, it is. Uh, I don't know. People feel a certain t- type of way about it, uh, one way or the other. But we're gonna we're gonna jump into that a little bit later. So, how I define cancel culture is, I agree with you. Like this, this collective camaraderie that we are not fooling with this person anymore. We are saying, I almost feel like it is a knee-jerk reaction sometimes. And it's kind of a, a trendy thing, unfortunately, that we can decide based on one person's decision or multiple decisions they may have made, I don't know, that this is not somebody worthy of mm-hmm. our love or support or whatever. Like you said, we usually see it on social media, and this is this affects people's livelihood when they are yes. quote unquote canceled. Yeah. So we got a couple of instances happening in society. We're just gonna run down the list and and kind of share and kind of talk to y'all about it. And, and this is just a twenty twenty one list. This is this is even... a 20, right. This <laughs> this ain't even. This is literally. Just headlines from the past couple of weeks, right? For us to talk about, yes, 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 yes. Um, so let's start in politics. You know, they say you're not supposed to talk about politics, so that's what we're gonna talk about because that's what we do on this podcast. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, has been accused of sexual misconduct by a number of women. There has been this rallying cry for him to step down. Um, in addition to that, and we could kind of break these down as I run this little quick list on the celebrity pop culture side, 
T.I. and Tiny have been accused of engaging in some sexual misconduct that ended up, I think they're, it's under investigation. Mm-hmm. They ended up stopping the production of their show that they do. Uh, what's the name of their show? I think it's called T.I. and Tiny. Oh, Family Hustle. Family Hustle. A family, hu- family Hustle, yes. Um, they stopped the production of their show pending investigations. Um, what are your immediate thoughts about this kind of stuff? I, with, with Andrew, let's start with Andrew. I, the thing that I'm, number one, the sad part is, wasn't surprised. That's the sad part. With Andrew, wasn't mm. surprised. Um, I just think that with some males in power, they think they have this authority and this ownership over everything around them, and they think they could get away with anything. But what what did catch me by surprise was he was very bold in saying, like, yes. These things like may have happened, but I'm not stepping down from my job. I'm going to continue to do. Uh, well, I don't think. Well, he said that they didn't happen. He specifically it, said that none it, of that happened. Okay. Wow. Maybe yeah, my subconscious. Said, yes. See. See. Y'all see that? Y'all see how that stuff happens? Is is like <laughs> he has denied all allegations. Well, maybe now, I read between was, the lines of his lies. Uh, but what he said. So let's get into that. What he said was. If he made anybody feel uncomfortable, he apologizes. But right. he denies any sexual misconduct. Um, and even the women that have even the women that have come forward have said, was I know one example. They said they never felt like he was like coercing them for sex. They felt like he was using his his male dominance mm-hmm. to like have to show like power or dominion over over them. And I guess that leads to the question, like, so where is the line drawn when they actually cross real inappropriate lines? Like, where does it begin? Where does it end? Like, is it an allegation if he just has a huge ego and is low-key disrespectful to women? And then they say they're uncomfortable. But even, like, just saying, like, oh, I'm sorry you're uncomfortable, but I'm still going to use my position. It's just, like, just deal with it. Like, it happened in the past. Let it go. Are the the women are letting it go? Like clearly, they felt away. Okay, so I'm gonna make a statement, and I am not defending Governor Cuomo. But how do we get to? How did we get to a place where you are like in America? You are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, mm-hmm. and we've kind of flipped the page or flipped the script, and now you're guilty until proven innocent, which creates this space where. Anybody could accuse you of anything. Right. And society's immediate response is, oh, they canceled. Right. Like, how? at what point do we give people the benefit of the doubt? Because this also, something similar, well, I don't think it was this many accusers, but something similar happened with Justin Bieber, and he had to pull out receipts and was like, no, y'all, this is what y'all not right. going to do. Right. But he, so, he had receipts. So, but what, but. What if it's just my word against yours? Like, what if I don't have receipts and I'm not guilty, but I'm being accosted at like at no expense? Like that, that is my, I think that is my biggest issue with cancel culture is because we don't give anybody an opportunity to redeem themselves if they're actually innocent. I don't know what happened with Governor Cuomo. I don't know what has happened with T.I. and Tiny. I don't know. But right. we have created this space where somebody can get online and they can say anything or type anything, accuse anybody of anything, and people will automatically like just those, yeah jump on their side. I just I don't feel like that is fair. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I don't feel like that's fair because as a man, that can easily happen to me. Right. And what is my defense? I don't have any. I, I, I just I, all I can say is I didn't do it, and people will literally just be like, "Oh, I, I don't believe him. He's lying." Well, and and I guess it goes. I mean, it's not fair to throw yourself in because I guess because I personally know you, and so I know your character, and I don't have an expectation. I've seen how you treat women, and I've seen seen how you treat people, and I don't see that as a character. I think that I don't know. Governor, I don't know teeny. T- I said teeny tiny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know them either. Ti and tiny. I don't. 
I don't know the situations. And it's not saying that it's right that people are jumping to conclusions so soon. But I think that in the past, because stuff has always gone on under wraps and thinking about, like, you're thinking from a male's perspective. I'm thinking about a woman's perspective and how women's accusations in the past were not believable and they weren't heard and they weren't listened to. And unfortunately now it's more like before it was like the boy who cried wolf, but because like, as years have gone on, think about uh, the, the, the gymnastics girls in the Olympics and how that doctor like abused all those girls and how they were silent for so long because they were so scared to come out. I think that not saying that it's right, but I think now we're at a place Women are at a place of like, I'm sorry, because I've seen the abuse happen so long. Unfortunately, my mind is like, I need you to prove your innocence because I've seen too many hurt women and being in a position where I felt like I haven't been hurt, that I have been looked over because I am a woman and because I feel like I've been flirted with. Like when I used to work at a bank, the way the men would talk to me, the way the customers would talk to me, the way men would throw their money at me, be like, oh, you want, like just ridiculous stuff because they were a man and the ego and the quote unquote power that they had, they had because they, of their, because uh, their male is disgusting. And then seeing and hearing some of the crazy stuff they did, it's just like, not saying we shouldn't have that like judgment on everything, but as a woman, I look at like, okay, like I want to say you're innocent until you prove it guilty. But if all these women are saying the exact same thing in the same instances, there has to be some type of truth behind it. Not saying that it was an intentional thing, not saying that it was pers- purposeful. I honestly don't even know all the details of T.I. and Tiny. I think I saw it on the shade room or something and I kept it moving because I, I just didn't have no time to dig into it. And like you said, they sit on an investigation. But with politics alone, like we we've seen some stuff politicians have said and done in the past with several presidents. We know that sex scandals are real. We know that that's the real thing. So I can't it's bad that the first conclusion is yeah, like they may have did it, but it's like you said like as a man, you have your perspective because you're in a man's shoe, but as a woman, I have my perspective too cuz I've I've heard I've heard stories about it. So I think that is very fair. Women have been silenced or not, you know, given the opportunity to speak and, and tell their truth. I guess I'm wondering as somebody who would never do that and is vulnerable to an accusation just as any other person. Um and on the other side somebody that has been mistreated like you may have been mistreated because you are a woman and a man have may have been disrespectful. Is there a healthy balance? Like how do we, is there a way for us to get to a balance where we give people the benefit of the doubt, but we also support the person that's making the accusation or do we, are we just living in a world where we, we feel like we have to choose one side or the other? I feel like this is like where ethics come in and it's just all, all of it is just so unethical. I think about every job I went to and like the trainings we had to take every year about ethics, like even from accepting gifts to like hugs and boundaries and stuff. And it's just like, I, I honestly don't, I feel like we have to do everything case by case. And then low key, I guess, trust the character of the person. But as we continue this conversation, like even the we we're talking about people with and that's the other thing too like we we talk about people we don't know like we know them and i think that that is something mm-hmm. social media has done very well because we have access to some of these ce- celebrity lives or whatever they give us access to in our heads we think we know them just like we know our family and friends because we see them all on the same platform i literally go from seeing my cousin to my friend to my favorite celebrity to my coworker to and I see them all at once. So I think there's like this in our brain. We like oh we know them. We're up to date with them. We mm-hmm. but in actuality we don't. Shoot, we don't even really know our friends for real sometimes and the people that we really Uh-oh. follow. So I think that because like it, we have to take a case by case and we we can't. I don't think it's healthy to cast judgment immediately. I also I don't know how healthy it is to believe. Uh, innocence immediately either. I think it's one of those things that like you just wait it out and see mm-hmm. 
see what happens like a hurricane. We don't know the category and the damage until it hit land. So, Lord have mercy. <laughs> well, I mean, whew, what an analogy. Thank you. That was the whole, that was the Lord. He'd be dropping them in. Um, well, speaking of the Lord, uh, we also, <laughs> we also have had an unfortunate repetitive cycle of sexual misconduct in the church yeah, or with faith leaders. So y'all don't cancel us, but we, we got to talk about it. This is, but know, the people is, the people is talking. So we got to, we got to speak up. And here's the thing too. I think that since we are represent representatives of the church, we are part of the body as well. And we, people always say, you can't judge me. I could judge my brother and sister because you part of the body. And so we're not judging them, but we are definitely having conversations about it. And I'm, I feel like this is why we created like this platform so we can have an open space to have these conversations, preferably start conversations amongst your friends and circles. But I'll let you finish, uh, Dudley. So Ravi Zacharias, if you do not know who Ravi Zacharias was, um, he recently passed away. But he is one of the most respected leaders in the faith. Just has has inspired a whole generation of of believers and and leaders. After a four-month investigation, they found hundreds of pictures of women and just a lot of evidence of abuse that was hidden. And there were some rape allegations. It was just a lot. I mean, Robert probably turned over in his grave. Uh it was a lot that came out after um, an investigation of him. What was your immediate response after hearing what Ravi was accused of? My immediate response was, because I'm in ministry leadership, so my immediate response was, you can never put yourself on a pedestal or put anybody else on a pedestal. It was a wake-up call for me that no one is exempt from temptation and no one is exempt um, from sinning because of knowledge and wisdom or gifting or talents given by the Lord, that we are all given free will and we can make those decisions. Uh, it was heartbreaking to hear those allegations, to see someone that you like, low-key honor from a distance. And I, I learned about Robbie Zechariah through my church and his ministry and the, like we had like some uh, some speakers from the organization come speak at my local church and it was just really fruitful and really good and I think that what what he did doesn't take away from his ministry but it it can unfortunately taint um what God meant for good it's I don't, as you can if you can hear my voice like it's still like it still stings. That's interesting that you said that that it doesn't take away from his ministry because I don't know how I feel about it, but it is I kind of want to compare it to R. Kelly. Since Whoa. we talked about R. Kelly at the beginning. But I'm not comparing, I'm not comparing obviously the spiritual impact. But I mean like the a mass amount of people, like R. Kelly has one of the greatest catalogs in music, yeah. period, regardless of how you feel about it. I think Ravi Zacharias is one of the most influential Christian apologists right. in, in our you know modern day history. But their legacies, like what is going to be their legacy? Is it right. going to be their ministry? Is it going to be his music? Or is it going to be this? Yeah. And that is so... That is so unfortunate. Unfortunate, and I just I don't know it's, if there's another word for unfortunate, but it's like, damn, bro, you really messed up, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's like this: you reap what you sow. Like you, and I feel like you can't, you can't do ministry. Like I don't. It's just it's crazy. Like the, I can't like it. I I, I literally can't Ooh, put it into words. Get it out, Fred. Get it out. <laughs> I literally can't put it into words because you're just like, it's like a how, you know? I think that not because I understand what you're saying with the comparison to R. Kelly, but like, I'm like, you are up here defending the faith. 
like you are known for teaching people how to defend uh, your beliefs in God, in your Christianity. Like there are so many people that I look up to that looked up to him and just to see like, and that's why I say it doesn't take his ministry because the things that people learned from him in his lifetime, it isn't removed from them. Like um, there's this, unfor- like I said, unfortunate events that have been splattered about since his passing. But I guess that leads to like, if he was like still alive, would it have a different effect? Mm. Like it leads to like a whole different thing. Like that's just another role. And another person we don't like to talk about is like Michael Jackson. We never want to bring him up. And like, cause we always talk about the hits <laughs> and we always play the songs, but we never want to talk about the allegations. Well, and I think- well I'll say this. <laughs> Cause you know, gotta jump in for Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> gotta jump in for Mike. Cause Mike, Mike in my top three. Mike, Mike is in my top three. In in Mike's defense, these those were allegations. They have proven this stuff about Robbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, so like this, is, I agree. It, there's there's real evidence. So I, and I, I, I guess that's that is what I mean. I definitely think obviously the allegations have tainted Mike's legacy. Right. But I, the reason why I say this is different because. It's been proven. So, like, there is no... Oh, oh, okay. There is no margin for error. Okay. There isn't. Okay. Like, I'm, they found this They found I, this stuff in his phone. I understand. I, I completely get with Robbie. I'm not even going to get on Michael, because I love Michael, and that's... We are, there's enough documentaries that can speak for themselves. And Let enough Mike rest. Yes. And we can say the same thing low-key about Robbie. <laughs> that's not cool. But no... Mike got Mike got accosted when he was alive. He so, did. He okay. So Ravi Ravi dodged the bullet. But again, and that makes me think: like, is that a part of God's grace? Is that like it might have been? About to say it might have been because that that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, I want to touch on this just a little bit before we jump into the the main event. Not me. Not um, preach, bro. Not preach. <laughs> you already know where we're going with this, okay? You already know where we're going, okay? If you saw the picture on our social media, you saw, you know what this episode is leading, is about to get into. But before we get into that, I guess this idea of, like, your um, personal life negatively impacting your gift. Hmm. I was watching the the, the Billie Holiday uh, movie the other day, which was excellent. But she she had demons. Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, probably one of the greatest vocals, oh, vocalists of all time. Oh, she Whitney. had demons. So I think that's one of the most unfortunate things about, I guess, celebrityism or this celebrity life. And it's just really, I think it leads to, it kind of speaks to the mystery of God that he gives these spectacular gifts to these very broken vessels. Hmm. That a preach. He gives he gives spectacular gifts to very broken vessels. That's good. And I think it's just is it boggles my mind that he knew that they were broken when he gave them his his gifts. Listen, that preach so, friend. I don't know. It's just more about the I I don't even have an answer for that, but that is it is something that I noticed like God does he don't really be giving the juice to the, the you know perfect people. I mean even in even in the Bible. I about to like, say these people's these people was messed up. Ju- and listen, Judas played a huge role in our salvation. And he and he was handpicked by Jesus Christ himself. I feel like I want to do a study like or do some deep diving research on Judas cuz I feel like oh, he- I thought you <laughs> you about to say when i die i want to have a sit down with judas oh no 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 (laughs) i want to do like a deep research because i feel like judas dealt with depression and like lack of self-identity and then judas is the true representation of you could be around christ but not know him and not know his character because he still had access to him even though he portrayed him this guy really somber (laughs) wow I don't know if we I don't know if the roller coaster is going up, but we have had uh appetizers. Um we about to move to the main course. About to say I'm button so, your pants. Well that mean that sound right. Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> Not after we just talked about <laughs> Wait. your pants button. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't cancel us. Don't cancel us. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know what I meant. Not like that. 
I mean, cause you're getting full, like on Thanksgiving Day, like something okay. like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, this past weekend, my my my, a young man released some audio. But this was so funny how Allison found out about this. So I had heard about it, and I listened to it. Um, this was before I began my analysis. I just listened to it, and. I sent the clip to Allison and I was like, do you recognize this voice? And she was like, no, who is it? And I sent a gif of our uncle, your nephew. Right. Kurt (laughs) Franklin. So let me preface this by this statement and then we're going to go, we're just going to dive into it. So for anybody that knows me, Kirk Franklin is my favorite gospel artist of all time. He has my favorite gospel catalog of all time. I've been to a couple of his concerts, have been some of the best concerts that I've ever witnessed, gospel and secular. Uh, I even got a chance to meet him a few years ago, me and Allison. And I got his, I found his CD signed randomly this weekend. I wasn't even looking for it. I said, this, and this was prior to this, this happening. And I was like, oh, I forgot I had this uh this Kurt CD sign. So <clears throat> this past weekend, um Kirk's oldest son, who I'm pretty sure was born, I think Kirk was maybe uh still in his teens. So this is like this was prior to him getting married. This is his oldest son, who is 32 now, I believe, who's turning 33, turning 33 this year. His oldest son leaked in a conversation between him and his dad. And Kirk was, um, Kirk had a lot to say. Kirk had a lot to say. Um, Allison, you want to take it from here? I just, I so can't even. I, I would, you had your little preface. I would also like to say, so Kirk Franklin is, is one of my favorite gospel artists. And I, so I go to, um, the church I go to, they don't really play gospel music. They uh, CCM. And so I listen to Kirk every morning um, to get my gospel music because I just need, I need that home in my spirit. Um, like Deli said, I met Kirk. The funny thing is that CD that Deli's talking about is still in my CD player in my car. And I listen to it. Like if I don't have nothing else, I'll just run it because I, I love Kirk that much. Um I didn't even know Kirk had an older son until when, when did this happen? Saturday? You text me this? Mm-hmm. I did not know he had an older son until Saturday. And again, I follow Kirk on Instagram. I follow his wife on Instagram. Always had a beautiful family. And I just thought he had two daughters and one son. I did not find out until this Saturday. The Zaza. The Zaza, he played the drums in Hero, if you remember. <laughs> um, this is how much we are huge Kirk Franklin fans. Uh, and so when I heard it, I told Dudley straight up, you lying. I'll I don't believe she it. Did. Not, I not, can confirm. Not that, not him. And I was like, I didn't even know he had a son. And so Kirk goes on and he says. Some very nasty things. Uh, I believe he called. I'm not gonna cuss, uh, but he called him a ba. I believe, and said that he would step on his throat or something. Um, so when I listened to it, he like the guy or the son like repeated what he said and had a question mark. Like he repeated as an inflation of a question mark, and then. Kirk got more aggressive with that because he took it as a uh, disrespectful and it got even, it got worse than it did before. And I think there's a lot of controversy in that too. And I know we yes, don't that's what I was it. about to say. Yes. That's what I'm about to say. So basically the son recorded this conversation uh, between him and his dad, between him and Kirk and Kirk was going in. Now, Granted, we did not hear the beginning of the conversation. We only heard a snippet of it. From the snippet, 
so I'm glad you brought that up. So that was like some controversy. This people saying that he disrespected his dad and told him to shut the F up. Right. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I did an analysis of this audio. And what actually happened is he was repeating what Kirk said. That's what I thought, too, because the way he said <laughs> yes. it. Yes, he he was saying, shut the F up. Like, it, But if you right. listen, if you listen closely, Kirk tells him. That <laughs> Kirk tells him to shut the F up. So I do want to clear that up, that he was not in that instance. Like I said, we don't know what happened prior to the recording or what happened after the recording. But in that instance, he was not telling Kirk to shut the F up. He was repeating what Kirk had told him. Right. And there was um, laughter. There was laughter in the background. And I was like, what's who what's where's the where's the joke? Where's where's the punchline? Because I could not line? identify it. Um, so Dudley, <laughs> do you think Kirk was wrong um in what he did? We did a poll mm-hmm. on th- our our Instagram, Bear Fruit at Bear Fruit Podcast. If you have, if you don't follow us, please go follow us. Uh, we did a poll this weekend, and the Saints said Kirk wasn't wrong. Interesting. Um, I disagree with the Saints. Mm. Let me tell you why. Listening. I don't know a world or believe in a world where we normalize speaking to our children in the way that Kirk was speaking to his child. Mm-hmm. I am not. So let me preface this. Like, I'm not here to judge, but like, this is my perspective as somebody that looks up to Kirk Franklin and identifies him as somebody that, you know, I respect. I'm not, I'm not willing to normalize that. So I've, I saw a lot of people saying like, oh, he's grown meaning like his son, his son is grown, he's 32. You know, you ain't never been cursed out by your parents and all of that stuff. And for me, that was besides the point. So, you know, I've gotten a good tongue lashing from my parents. I'm not going to sit up here and lie. I, I, I receive whoopings. I will whoop my children. I cannot promise you that I'm not going to give my children a lashing sometime. But I think where the line was crossed for me, that was... It was a lot of venom in there. Yeah. Calling your son a BA and like the venom that he was spewing at his child. I don't care how old his child is. That's his child. Yeah. So what it made me think about was have we, because, and it was just a lot of people. Obviously, Kirk has a large black church following. So, you know, the black church, we just love Kirk. We mm-hmm. love Kirk. I saw a lot of people saying like, you know, this is how their grandma talked to them, how their parents talked to them. I don't think that we should be normalizing emotional abuse hey. at any at any age. Like I just yeah. that that stuff doesn't matter to me. Like just because it was done to you doesn't mean that that is normal or that's okay. Amen. And this is from somebody that is pro whoopings. You know, I can't I can't confirm or deny if a couple words have slipped or they won't slip when i have kids i'm not i look that's besides the point but i feel like there was just there was a level of he was demeaning him in a way that just made me feel like that is that is a lot to to, for for somebody to tell their their child right um it just it didn't say well with me so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say kirk was wrong and i think the other part of that is we don't know the son's his son's side i'm not saying that his son was right like we don't know right but i thought like it goes back to the the point i originally made we i feel like we live in a world where we have to we feel like we have to choose a side mm-hmm. no kirk can be wrong and his son can be wrong right and like and but we don't even know what his son did so i just feel like there's we should not be choosing any specific side so that's that's how I feel about that. How did you did you do you feel like Kirk was wrong? Um, yes, I think I think he was wrong. I think that I found it interesting, just like you said, that people were saying like um, my parents cussed me out and stuff. But like, no one wants to talk about their child trauma. 
No one wants to talk about the right. uh, the generation. Like just because your parents did it, don't mean that it was right. Um, I got spanked when I was a a kid, um, but my parents. There was only a few times I may have gotten cussed out, but not for real, for real. And I I don't see myself cussing at my kids. I can't say that I won't. I don't see myself doing it and not trying to judge him or anything. But I just think that the the way he said it, and I've heard, <laughs> I've heard parents cuss out their kids and just like, a, am not going to give an example, but it's not with like this undertone of like, I hate to say hate, but it was just this. It was a, hate. it was a lot happening. It was a lot happening. And in then the laughter in the background to justify what his actions was harmful and hurtful. I think that there's there is clear now if you if you were a Kirk friend, you would know Kirk had a rough childhood and Kirk had a rough Uh-oh. upbringing. And I think that and I'm happy that they are in therapy and I'm praying that they continue it because I think there are things as adults that we have never unpacked as a child and we've never analyze the trauma and the traumatic effects that has happened to us as children and process those and unpack those things or have someone look at it from a different perspective that we could bring it into our marriages. We could bring it into our uh, families or blended families and future families. And it could cause great hurt to people that we may not intentionally mean to hurt. I think it's, it's hard to face reality. And then I, I like not knowing the full context of the conversation and not knowing like people are saying like he wrong for recording it and he wrong for putting it out there. And, right. and I could, I, I could see that and I could understand that, but that would, that makes it, if, okay. So if this never been released, there will be no accountability. And that may not be people that know Kirk that now we, they really, really know Kirk and they really, really know how to reach out to him and they know how to help him. And they may have never seen that later before. I saw the post as a cry for help. I Like, yes, it was a, a private, yes, it was a private conversation. Yes, it was a private matter. But I feel like that young man, uh, and yes, he's 33 years old, but I know some 40 some years old that's still in a mental mindset of a child because there are some things that they've never been able to come uh, unpack. Like people have commitment issues because of abandonment issues. Like there's so much that goes on because so many things go unaddressed that happen in our childhood. Uh, and we try to uh, not acknowledge it or disengage from it. But later it comes up in a way that we don't want to. Um, so his post was, some people could say his post was unnecessary. I see it as a cry for help. Some people could say is uh he just trying to get attention. He he got it. He and is. I think and I think that that was the point. He wants I don't know anybody that doesn't want their parents to love them. Like I like I saw it as someone that just really wants his dad to to love him. That really wants his dad to acknowledge him to the point that I would rather you yell at me so I, I can at least know you communicating with me. I want you to acknowledge that I'm your son. I want to be included within your family. Like the point, the fact that I said, I didn't even knew he had a son. Like I follow, son, I think I follow like one of his kids. I think I follow his, uh, Kirk's youngest son. Um, but the fact that I knew the kids he had and I had never seen him on his timeline and Kirk, and he is so active on social media. I think that's, low-key telling and in the social media age we live in how hurtful is that to see your father love on his other kids and you are by yourself at 33 years old i don't care how old you are you still somebody's child and i i don't know about you but i love hugs from my dad i love talking to my mom i love sitting at my granny's feet hearing stories from her just like i was a little girl yes i'm 31 but there are still some things that i love traditionally as a child that i still like to receive today as an adult and i think that him as a an adult there are things he didn't receive as a child and now he's like crying out for attention to receive anything at this point yeah i mean i i completely agree that's that's how i saw it and things that frustrated me about how society responded as we talk about this cancel culture. The other individuals that we talked about earlier, they 
have definitely they they scratching on the um the cancellation though. Kirk, on the other hand, it don't look like it don't look like Kirk gonna get canceled. Mm-mm. I feel like it's com- the complete opposite. He's getting a lot of support, and I am honestly struggling with that for two reasons. One, if that was a let's just say Kirk was a regular pastor, mm. and that was release, would Kirk still be right? Or is he not wrong because he's Kurt Franklin? That's and I, I can't answer I can't answer that that question because I mean I feel like he's wrong. So I don't I don't know. But I feel like he has gotten somewhat of a pass. And it's unfortunate because I feel like we do this a lot in the black community yeah. with a lot of things in a black church. We give a lot of people passes for stuff that they need to be held accountable for. But that's a whole that's, that's a whole a, nother that's dinner. A whole another conversation. And the, I think the other thing that frustrated me, I did not see enough people kind of talking about the stuff that you talked about, like acknowledging that this this dude is crying out for help. And like nobody was acknowledging the the trauma that this child might be experiencing. And like I said, we don't like we don't know what's happening in that family dynamic. Like we right. have no idea. I know what I heard on that phone call, though. And right. I, I know that it was it was disturbing. So. We have to find ways that we can love the people we love and also hold them accountable and not dismiss the people that we don't know because right. we don't have an emotional connection to them. I guess I'm trying to figure out like what's the floor, right? So we say, you know, sexual misconduct, that's a no-go. Like we're not, we're not, we're not gonna have any tolerance of that. But we but we do have tolerance for emotional abuse. I think it's because if you think about it historically with black people, like when have we ever admitted or acknowledged our feelings? When like boys, young boys are told not to cry, toughen up, real men don't cry, like raised on that. So all of their emotions mm-hmm. are bottled up. Like, like we've been raised to not acknowledge our feelings. And a lot of people, because I feel like a lot of people take it Kirk's side because that's how they were raised. Not mm-hmm. saying that that's right, but like I was saying earlier when we were talking about uh, Andrew, like I related to the woman because I'm a woman and you related to the male perspective because you're a male. I'm going to relate to whatever is closest to me and what's more relatable. People, mm-hmm. one, respect Kirk because Kirk is their church. Like we go to church, mm-hmm. but Kirk is their church. And that's the closest mm-hmm. thing they know to church. Melodies from heaven, revolution, stomp. That's what they know. And if the church they know is doing something and people are going against it, that means they're wrong. And I think people don't mm-hmm. want to be wrong. People, we all always want to feel right. But as the body of Christ, we have to acknowledge when we mess up and apologize to the party <laughs> that we've hurt, not the people, but the party, the people that we've hurt, and not just like the congregation. I feel like we go go into his apology later, or whatever. Yeah, that's what, like, that's what I want to ask you. Do you think yes. that he should have apologized? He should have apologized to his son. He should not have apologized to people. He put po- he posted an Instagram video, uh, trying to explain the situation. It was just a minute long. And saying it was a private family matter, but there were several things that was weird to me. And how he, one, how he's, and we talked about this like before we got on, how he separated his son from his family, saying mm-hmm. that like uh, my family and I were trying, uh, trying to get through this with my son. That's already a separation, and all your son is saying he wants to be a part of that. And I think that's. That's what's heartbreaking. And I feel like Kirk thought he was doing something right. But I think that's where words matter. And because you continue to separate the two when he wants to be included and when he's not included. Another thing is Kirk apologized to to me. He apologized to you. He didn't apologize to his son. And so he Mm -hmm. apologized that we caught a glimpse of his life that he did not want to be seen but he didn't apologize to his son. And I thought that was that was kind of heartbreaking for me. Now, did he apologize to him in private? I don't know. He could have wholeheartedly done it. And honestly, that's that would be great. 
I don't even, honestly, I don't even need to know. Like, it's not my business. I got my own family business to worry about. But I think that if you're going to do a public apology, I guess, sure, apologize to us. But I would have preferred, like, you ain't do nothing wrong to me. But, like, you need to just acknowledge your son and apologize to him. Um, so, yes, he should apologize. I, well, you already know. I texted you. I was like, I'm waiting for a statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Raspy voice. Hey, look. Moments later. Uncle got on there. Um, I, this is another thing I noticed about that apology. He opened up with stating his child's age, which I think was, I felt like another dig because it was like, it, um, it almost like opened the door to like justify why that conversation was had. I'm sorry. I don't care how old your child is. Like, no, it it doesn't matter if they were 12. Like there is no age that you should reach where that was being the recipient of that kind of language should be okay. I'm sorry. Right. I don't, I didn't turn 30 and then automatically I'm just, it is. You, it's okay you for you know, to talk to me any kind of way. It's, like, that's, it's okay for you to t- talk to me. Like, and I'm, and I'm not saying that you should be disrespecting your parents. Like you should never disrespect your parents, but like also your parents, I just don't feel like your parents should be talking to you like that. Right. I'm sorry. That's and, just me. And here's the thing. Nobody wants to be talked to like that. People be popping off at right. strangers. And it's just like, why? <laughs> like, nobody wants to be talked to in that manner. Like, y'all, this, this is not okay to, t- like, just separate the the their relationship. Don't talk to people like that. Right. <laughs> just don't. in general. Just don't do that. That's not cool. It's not cute. Um, so as far as the apology... I agree, because I think I text you that I was like, I am I missed the part where he apologized to his, his son. Yeah. We don't know if he did it in private, but the reason why I think it should have been public is because that conversation was public, you know, whether it was his choice or not. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would have made, I think that would have made a stronger statement than an apology to me that you yeah. can acknowledge. Because you acknowledge that what you did was not right and you use language that you shouldn't have used. So why didn't why not just go ahead and say I I acknowledge that I shouldn't have spoke to you like that, my child, and right. I'm sorry. But I think he intentionally missed that piece, and for whatever reason, I mean, we might never know. Um, as far as the apology to me, at first I was like, yeah, I don't need an apology. Your son needs an apology, but I mean, I will say, Allison, low key, I felt played. Like when I heard the audio, the original audio, I was just like, dang, it goes back to how we talked about Robbie. Yeah. And all of these people that we looked up to. Yeah. And like Allison, it just, yeah. The thought of my dad ever talking to me like that. So for somebody like Kurt that I looked up to, that he would have it in him to yeah. talk to his child like that, it just, that, um, that I think that's what breaks my heart the most. Yeah, that I just held you in such high regard, which I mean is no fault of yours. I mean right. that was a choice that I made, but shoot, you on this platform and your music popping, so I mean, right. And then it's like <laughs> you are you're singing, and I think because because we're believers. It's like you are producing stuff that helps me through my darkest time. You're like, Mm -hmm. I like God is using you in a great way. And we feel that connection. And we we think about like we have a lot of our like mutual friends that are fathers. And we know that they like Kirk, too. And like they're like, I can't imagine my dad speaking to me like that. I can't imagine my friends who are fathers speaking to their kids like that. And so like Mm -hmm. to to witness someone, like you said, like that I looked up to, that somebody I vibe with, somebody I felt like Kirk, Kirk was a celebrity. Like I felt like, dang, I won't hang with him. You know, like mm-hmm. I won't chill with him. But it's just like, but when you yeah, get upset, I, I, this is what you do. Nah, I, was about to say, I know we ain't playing space together, brother. Ooh, about <laughs> we, to say, y'all gonna end we up be fighting. fighting. <laughs> we be fighting. Let's, you got that kind of tip on you. So yeah, it's it's. We just, I pray. That's all. I, I always told you, I'd be praying for these celebrities, especially in the gospel uh, community. I, like, that lets me know I need to get back on my, uh, on, at my altar, on my knees, and lifting them up in prayer. So, we have, whew, we've this, been running it for a while. This is a long <laughs> one. At Barefruit Podcast, we feel like in order to bear fruit, you have to plant seeds. You must first plant seeds. 
I just want to tell people, like, love your neighbor. Mm. And, you know, I think love comes in a form of accountability. Love comes in a form of correction. But love is not certain things as well. Yeah. And and we know what those things are. And I just feel like we can all do a better job at, at being nice. Not, not I don't want to say being nice, being kind to people. Because you can mm. be nice to people, but it's a difference to be kind to people. Be mm. kind to people. Um, show people love. Show people grace. Yeah, y'all, we just, we cousins. We got to... We got to do better. This, this ain't it. Yeah. This what we what we are living in, and how we are treating each other. And this, it, I mean, it even goes back to the conversation that we were having earlier about how we as men are treating our sisters and the the women in our lives or the women around us. That ain't cool. And for the parents out there, I'm not a parent, but like anybody that is a parent or around children, around anybody, stop talking to people reckless. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, I would say, with us being bad fruit, I believe you reap what you sow. Um, whatever was ever in the seed that you plant, it will grow. And so I think as individuals, we have to be mindful and continue to self-reflect. It's so easy to uh, look at these celebrities and even talking to myself. Like, it's so easy to talk about them and what they've done. But I think, like, it reminds me of the scripture where Jesus says, like, before you uh, talk about the speck in someone else's eye, look at the log in your own. And so I think that it's before we say we're going to cancel this person, this person did this, and share our opinions. I think we have to, like, self-reflect a lot and focus on, like, what are we planting in our circles? What are we planting in in our lives? What are we allowing to grow? What weeds do we need to pick? Like, what are some things that are peeking his head and it needs to be dismissed because I think there and all of these allegations both that have been all these people I guess you should say like that happened in the church and outside of the church it didn't start big it started small and there was something small that could have been addressed and it wouldn't have to be bit thrown as a news head breaking news headline in national and international news and I think that as people in general, even though we may not have like a platform and be like widespread people, like we still, if our lives were recorded every second, we we would probably be in the news ourselves. So I would say be mindful of the seeds that you plant, uh, watch your garden, pick out the weeds so healthy things can grow and that it'll uh, help produce good things that are able to share with others um, and that other people can learn from the weeds you throw out too. Thank you for tuning in to the Bear Fruit Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and share with a friend. Until next time, go Bear Fruit.